Hello everyone and welcome to the Mimetic Exegete podcast. I'm your host, Simon Skidmore. In this series, we're going to work our way through the book of Jeremiah. Again, like Isaiah, the book is comprised of various prophetic oracles compiled and arranged to present a unified message. Jeremiah addresses the latter days of pre-exilic Israel up until their exile in Babylon. The book addresses similar questions to those found in the book of Isaiah, like what went wrong? Has the Lord abandoned us? Was he simply overpowered by the gods of Babylon? Is there any hope for salvation? Like Isaiah, Jeremiah is divinely commissioned to speak truth on the Lord's behalf and encourages Israel to repent from their mimetic idols that they might avoid destruction. His message is often met with hostility as Jeremiah is persecuted and attacked by his own community. In fact, we are allowed to enter into Jeremiah's own experience as the Lord's suffering prophet, who the corrupt Israelite leadership attempt to silence. Let's begin reading now from chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, the king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It also came in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you up this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. And the Lord said to me, Out of the north disaster shall let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they shall come, and everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates to Jerusalem, against all its walls, all around and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them for all their evil in forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. But you, dress yourself for work, arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. 
The Lord of mimetic desire speaks to Jeremiah and declares his identity as a prophet. This is Jeremiah's destiny from the moment of his birth until his death. Just like Moses and Isaiah undergo an internal struggle regarding their calling, so Jeremiah experiences a similar conflict. Although the Lord declares his vocation, the competing desire for Jeremiah's own welfare and concerns about his youth and untrained speech are worked through. In the end, the Lord of mimetic desire inspires Jeremiah to lay aside his concerns for safety and to focus his desire solely upon becoming the Lord's faithful prophet. Jeremiah's fear and inadequacies are calmed with the assurance that the Lord will empower, preserve and save him. Jeremiah is assigned to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant nations. This theme of plucking up and replanting, particularly with regards to the Babylonian exile, becomes a continuing theme throughout the book. Jeremiah then sees an almond branch, which signals the Lord watching over Israel. He has seen the nation's unfaithfulness as they have forsaken the Lord to serve other gods and worshipped the work of their own hands. In other words, the people have imitated the worship of the nations and forsaken the Lord to chase after the objects of their individual desires by serving gods made of wood and stone. They have traded their forefathers' vision of a prosperous, righteous nation for various whims and cravings. For their sin, the Lord determines to judge them through the nation of Babylon, but warns Jeremiah to remain bold and steadfast. Jeremiah must actively oppose the idolaters of Israel who have kindled the Lord's anger. He must dress and prepare to fulfill his prophetic calling and prepare for the people of the land to fight against him. Jeremiah will engage in a mimetic conflict with his Israelite countrymen. While they cling to their mimetic idols, Jeremiah challenges them to lay aside these idols and return to the Lord. These challenges will only strengthen the people's desire for their own idols. Consumed with mimetic desire, the people will band together and attack Jeremiah, who they see as an obstacle to their desired objects. He will be persecuted and abused, but the Lord will empower him to survive and persevere to the end. Reading on now from chapter 2 verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what wrong did your fathers find in me, that they went far away from me and went after worthless and became worthlessness? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in a land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that none passes through, where no man dwells? And I brought you into a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and its good things. 
but when you came in, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, Where is the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. The shepherds transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that did not profit. Therefore, I still contend with you, declares the Lord, and with your children's children, I will contend. For cross to the coasts of Cyprus and sea, or send to Kedar and examine with care. See if there has been such a thing. Has a nation exchanged its gods, even though they are not gods? But my people have exchanged their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked and utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Is Israel a slave? Is he a home-born servant? Why then has he become a prey? The lions have roared against him. They have roared loudly. They have made his land a waste. His cities are in ruins without inhabitant. Moreover, the men of Memphis and Tuffanes have shaved the crown of your head. Have you not brought this upon yourself by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you up in the way? And now what do you gain by going down to Egypt to drink the waters of the Nile? Or what do you gain by going to Assyria to drink the waters of Euphrates? Your evil will chastise you. Your apostasy will reprove you. Know and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God. The fear of me is not in you, declares the Lord God of hosts. For long ago I broke your yoke and burst your bonds, but you said, I will not serve. Yes, on every high tree and under every green tree you bowed down like a whore. Yet I planted you a choice vine, wholly of pure seed. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild vine? Though you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Lord God. How can you say, I am not a clean, I have not gone after the Baals? Look at your way in the valley, know what you have done. A restless young camel running here and there, a wild donkey used to the wilderness. In her heat sniffing the wind, who can restrain her lust? None who seek her need weary themselves, in her month they will find her. Keep your feet from going unshod, and keep your throat from thirst. But you said, it is hopeless, for I have loved foreigners, and after them I will go. As a thief is shamed when caught, so the house of Israel shall be shamed. They, their kings, their officials, their priests, and their prophets, who say to a tree, You are our father, and to a stone, You gave me birth. For they have turned their back to me, and not their face. But in the time of their trouble they say, Arise and save us. But where are your gods that you have made for yourself? Let them arise if they can save you in your time of trouble. For as many as your cities are your gods, O Judah. Why do you contend with me? You have all transgressed against me, declares the Lord. In vain I have struck your children. They took no correction. Your own sword devoured your prophets like a ravening lion. And you, O generation, behold the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to Israel, or a land of thick darkness? Why then do my people say, We are free, we will come to you no more. 
Can a virgin forget her ordinance, or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me, days without number. How well you direct your course to seek love, so that even to the wicked woman you have taught your ways. Also on your skirts is found the lifeblood of the guiltless poor. You did not find them breaking in, yet in spite of these things you say, I am innocent, surely his anger is turned from me. Behold, I will bring you to judgment for saying I have not sinned. How much you go about changing your ways. You shall be put to shame by Egypt, as you were put to shame by Assyria. From it too you will come away with your hands on your head, for the Lord has rejected those in whom you trust, and you will not prosper by them. If a man divorces his wife, and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers, and would you return to me, declares the Lord? Lift up your eyes to the bare heights and see. Where have you not been ravished? By the wayside you have sat awaiting lovers. Like an Arab in the wilderness, you have polluted the land with your vile whoredom. Therefore the showers have been withheld, and the spring rain has not come. Yet you have the forehead of a whore. You refuse to be ashamed. Have you not just called now to me? My father, you are a friend of my youth. Will he be angry forever? Will he be indignant to the end? Behold, you have spoken, but you have done all the evil that you could. The Lord has nourished and protected Israel from the Exodus and brought them into the land of their prosperity. The opening verses of chapter 2 now recalls how Israel was jealously protected by the Lord. Nevertheless, Israel forsook the Lord to chase after vanity and defiled the land, making it an abomination to the Lord. In other words, Israel's idolatry disgusts the Lord and actively repels him. The Lord once strove to display his glory through Israel's safety and prosperity by liberating them from their oppressors and making them into a great nation. That was the Lord's ad for his glory, and that was the stone, the bedrock upon which his identity was going to be built. But through their unfaithfulness, Israel has exchanged their glory for mimetic idols. They bow down to idols of wood and stone as if these foreign gods were the source of their blessing and prosperity, the very good things they have received from the Lord. Having forsaken the Lord's life-giving stream, this sustenance and blessing, they seek sustenance from their mimetic idols, which only generates pain and suffering. Humiliated by this betrayal, the Lord begins to see the people as an obstacle to this desired object of glory and honor, which awakens divine wrath. In his fury, the Lord no longer cherishes and protects Israel, but now actively strives against them. The term used is the same one employed to describe the Israelites banding together to scapegoat Moses in the book of Numbers. Israel now find themselves in the crosshairs of the primitive sacred, which will ultimately lead to their destruction at the hands of Babylon. Israel is likened to a wild vine that produces bad fruit and a wild donkey on heat. 
utterly consumed by their mimetic desire, the people chase after their mimetic idols as they imitate the worship of foreign nations. In pursuit of their mimetic idols, they slaughter the innocent, expecting no consequences for their actions. Although the people scrub themselves with soap, their guilt and violence remain. For their sins, Israel will be humiliated and destroyed along with Assyria and Egypt, with whom they have formed military alliances. These alliances are likened to prostitution and Israel portrayed as a whore who indiscriminately fornicates with all the peoples while forsaking the Lord, her husband. In so doing, Israel bring dishonor and disgrace upon the Lord, again becoming an obstacle to his desired object of glory and honor. In retaliation to Israel's whoredom, the Lord sends a drought to the land. In other words, a mimetic crisis breaks out. However, despite her suffering, Israel refuses to believe that she's done anything wrong and shamelessly continues in her own sin. Jeremiah claims that the land's destruction is a direct consequence of Israel's rejection of the Lord. Her sins have alienated and dishonored him, generating divine wrath. So long as Israel continues in their sin, the Lord will not attend to their cries for help. Thanks again for joining me on the Mimetic Exegete podcast. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.